What is up, everyone? My name is Jeremy Somerville. This is the Full Coverage Football Show. We are live here on StreamYard on our Facebook page at fb.me backslash Pod. We got a fun show for you tonight. We're going to be a little serious at first. We're going to talk the Jacob Blake situation, everything going on with that. And then we'll move on to talk fantasy sports with our guest, Chris Robin, at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. He will be joining us at about 9.15. We're going to get to that. But first, let's be serious here. Yeah, usually we stick to sports. That's what we do. We talk sports. We talk football. We'll mix it up. We'll talk a little bit of everything. But a lot of sports are being canceled right now, postponed or boycotted, depending on how you look at it. And it's because of what happened Sunday night. I mean, I'll never be in their shoes. I'll never fully understand their view or why it took three days before they decided to boycott. However, it's something we all need to discuss. Sunday night, a 29-year-old man, African-American man, by the name of Jacob Blake, became the latest victim in a long line of police shootings. He was shot seven times in the back with his three sons, aged three, five, and eight, watching as he leaned into his car. Now, as I continue, I will say this. Yes, usually we do stick to sports. However, because of the frequency of these incidents and how much they run into sports due to the constant social injustices against blacks in America, we do need to bring this up. I wasn't there. I can't say for sure what happened. I can't even play devil's advocate and say that had Blake 100% complied, that none of this would have happened because I don't know for sure. None of us do. And the point is, it did happen, and it happens all too often. Black lives matter, and yes, all lives matter. But because the word all didn't apply to blacks when Thomas Jefferson penned the Declaration of Independence in 1776 and said that all men are created equal, it is a statement that makes sense and that really needs to be used as a reminder to some. The Black Lives Matter group itself is whatever. But the human black lives, they do obviously matter, and it needs to be said. As Owen Hart said 25 years ago, enough is enough, and it's time for a change. But how do we change? It's easy to say train police officers better or to instantly comply to their demands, but even that isn't enough. Until we all have a mutual respect as human beings, nothing we do matters. And yes, this isn't all cops. It's only a small percentage of the bad ones. It's a group. It's small, whatever. But some professions can't have bad ones. You can't have a bad pilot. You can't have a bad surgeon. And police officers need to be another profession where you can't have the oops, my bad. Nothing like that can happen. Too many officers see people of color as thugs or people they fear instantly because of their preconceived notions. And on the other side, too many see cops as a threat to their life instantly. And it's not like that with all. We all need to look at that as human beings and see each other for exactly what we are rather than what we think we might be. And it all goes back to mutual respect. Regardless of anything, we need to stop making statements based solely on our views or experiences of our skin color, our political allegiance, sexual preference, gender, or anything, even the way we were raised. I mean, people wanna talk sheep at times. Anyone making decisions based on only your soul group, you're part of the herd mentality. You're the sheep and you want to call everyone else a sheep. But I mean, I don't give a damn who you are, where you come from, what sex you're attracted to, or anything, who you voted for. None of that matters. We are all humans. And until we all realize that, nothing will change. You want change? Open your eyes and see things from both sides. See things from everyone's point of view. Make your opinions informed and not because of your skin, gender, or political allegiance or any of that. Make it because we are all humans and mutually respect one another. 
then and only then will all lives truly matter. And with that, I'm going to bring in Drew. How you doing tonight, brother? Still got your mic muted. Going to be on in a second. What's up, brother? How you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for that. That was uh, really well, really well done. Really well said, man. Thank you. Thanks, sir. Um, yeah, a lot going on. Um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, you're right. It seems to be a frequency uh, that we we come, you know, come on this show and and have to bring up shit that we really don't want to talk about. Um, and it's not that you know, it's not something that should be talked about, but. But at the same time, you know, we, we try to focus on sports. We but 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 there's a glaring issue, and, and it's kind of like you said, prepped into sports and and, and whatnot. Um, it, listen, you have to respect what uh, the the players have done. The NBA, I guess, you know, they've stepped up. They've they've tried to make a stance. You could question the timing of it. Mm-hmm. You, could, you could question that they're going back to play basketball tomorrow on Saturday. Um, season is going to be going on. So, so, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that that's, that's the right or wrong thing. Um, mm-hmm. for, for us fans, we want to watch basketball. We want to watch, we, I mean, we, you know, we of course selfishly want to do that and we get that there's a bigger, uh, bigger thing going on here. Uh, at the same time with, with the leagues to me, it, it, it's it's a bigger issue, and, and I'm not sure shutting down a sport or not going to practice or, or doing things is really going to make an make an impact one way or another. You brought up a great a great comment when you said, you know, where do we go from here, and what is the right answer? And I'm not sure that I know that. And I'm not sure really anybody does. No, nobody. Uh, and so it's tough because you know people want to lash out. We have looting and riots, and, and people are angry and. and and like you said, you know, you have you have police on this end, and, and you, you know, you have people that are of color that are fearing uh, for their lives from the police. And that just shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately, it is. And uh, I say this not really knowing. I mean, when I mm-hmm. get pulled over, I say, "Shit, I might get a ticket." You know, that's yeah. the last. That's my biggest worry. Um, but here we are, man. So it's tough for me. Um, Yeah, it's it's again, we talk about and I say this a lot. I feel like a lot of teams, a lot of organizations try to save face and catch up with the Mm -hmm. the problems at hand and try to say, hey, look at me. We care. We or we want to talk about, you know, you have all these teams that kind of rush at the end to say, oh, hey, we're here. We're going to do this now. And and um and, and it's great that they're doing it, but at the same time, it's like, how much of this is legitimate? And again, what is what is missing two days of games and then going back to play? Did is this stand something that is is going to to help? Is it pushing forward a movement or isn't it? I mean, I it's it's yet to be seen. Certainly, their word is getting out there, mm-hmm. and they're using their platform, you know, is as best as is is the they they can in the NBA. Um, and, and so for me, it's, it's hopefully this hits home. Uh, hopefully this makes a difference. But, but again, um, I think with, with an issue that we have in this country, it's not something that's going to just be a stop playing two basketball games and we're back ready to roll. I mean, I just don't think it's that simple. And, um, and I don't have the answer. I don't think you have the answer. And, no. and so we do, it's just going to be, it's hard and, 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 
it's just going to be a lot of a lot of hatred for from a lot of different people at a lot of different angles. It's unfortunate that that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, it's something that I mean. Obviously, we're just two white dudes. We don't understand the situation wholly. We're not in their shoes. We don't understand that. But for the stick to sports crowd, it's definitely something we need to bring up. Something we need to talk about. Now, I mean, they're gonna they've canceled practices. They boycotted NBA games, and it's brought it to the forefront. And hopefully, you know, all this happens and it does result in change. And I honestly hope it does. Let's get changed. Let's get back to normalcy again. We've dealt with pandemic this year, multiple cop killings. I mean, it's so much happening, taking the fun away from what it is to be alive and live life and enjoy sports. And we forget that sports is just a game because it's been so much away from that lately. And we've missed the game part. And I think that's what we need to get back into. And that's why tonight we will be talking fantasy football. We are going to move our division previews to next week. We'll do a or NFC South and NFC West next week. We will also bring back Ward's wagers next week. So stay tuned for that. I am and so excited. Why, why does it feel like Ward's wagers has been so damn long? It seems because like it has been. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. We haven't done Ward's wager since the Super Bowl. I mean, it's been a long that makes, time. It makes sense. It does make sense. <laughs> I mean, it's It's crazy to think the Super Bowl was really seven months ago or six months ago. It feels like forever. Next week, but, I'll be betting this shit out of some random college football game. Is there any college football games coming up? We got them this I'm weekend? Pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there's – I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to – I'm not going to throw a horse wager out of my ass here. You know, I put a little bit of time into these yeah. picks, but, but I definitely week. think I definitely think there's some stuff coming up, and it's football, so we'll see. All right. You ready to talk fantasy football and move on yeah. from all this? Yeah. All man. right. In just a second here, we're going to bring on Chris Robin at Detroit Beastie on Twitter. Before we do that, hey, check out our new mar- our merchandise, which I stuttered through for some reason. At bonfire.com backslash store backslash FCFS dash tees. We got all kinds of good tees up there. We got a new one up there, which is a uh, state of Ohio tee with the uh, birthplace of pro football established 1892 on the back. It's a good shirt. It's a quality shirt. They're quality made. They will be shipped to you as soon as we get people ordering. You get your stuff sent out within the week. So with that being said, let's move on. Let's have this fun. Let's bring on Chris, clear this out. And at this time, we're going to bring on Chris Robin at Detroit BC. What's up, brother? You look excited to be on. How you doing Absolutely. Tonight? Thanks for having me. Well said, boys. Uh, I'm not going to add anything to what you guys said. It was uh, it was fantastic, and I, I understand what you're saying, and I hear you, and I'm with the masses here in terms of, uh, you know, something has to change. But you brought me in to talk fantasy, so uh, – let, let's switch gears and uh, let's get it going. Absolutely. Go ahead. Take away the segment, Drew. Yeah. Hey, man. So excited to have you. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, hey, it's fantasy football season. We're here. I know your fantasy football season never stops. Uh, how many leagues are you in, man? That's a great question. And as it stands right now, I'm only in seven. And uh, like three of those are were there in there was invite only like charity leagues you know Ryder Bowl it's like the UK versus the United States I was invited to that one there's an autism awareness uh, league that I'm in and another IDP league that I'm in for you know mentally impaired adults as well but th- this that's only seven leagues is like 
I don't know what to do. I have so much free time because normally <laughs> I'm in, you know, 25, 30 plus leagues and it just, it just got to be too much. And I, I finally, I realized that I came to my senses about a month ago and I said, Hey, look, if I have to, you know, I'm writing a lot, I'm reading a lot. I I'm hopping on podcasts with, with guys like you, like, I don't have time for, you know, 27 waiver wires a day or, you know, people are sending me offers and they're sending me a message like, Hey, did you check the, yeah. Well, no, it's the wrong league. It's like, so I'll keep to a few. And like I said, I was down to three and then I was asked uh, to participate in these, these charity bowls. So I said, absolutely. I would look like a real jerk if I said no for charity, you know? Yeah, right. Absolutely. You, you, you have no choice in that point, but that's fantastic, man. So let's just jump right into it. Um, a, from what I've been noticing around leagues that I've seen, Miles Sanders, his value seems to be high. He seems to be being drafted high. Where do you feel like Miles Sanders sits, and do you think he's being overdrafted in a lot of leagues? No, I'm. You know, and that that might be the wrong. I, excuse me, I might be the wrong person to ask because I love Miles Sanders. I'm huge <laughs> on Miles Sanders. Uh, I own him in a in a 14 team full PPR full IDP dynasty. So I've had a share of him when he was, you know, in college right before he was drafted. I think he's going to have a huge season here. We're talking like 14, 1500 all purpose yards. Uh, I'm thinking eight anywhere, be, you know, eight touchdowns on the ground, but total anywhere between 11 and 12. And in terms of being overdrafted, absolutely not. Right. So when you see people like they're, they're jumping on, uh, you know, Derek Henry, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, guys like that, that are, you know, in the top 10, top 12 of, of the running back rankings. Well, why, what's different about Miles Sanders? Why can't he be there? You know? And if you look at his ADP is it sits at 12. So he's right there. Boom. in a 12 team league, you're taking him, you know, on the swing, you know, and back-to-back picks there if, if that's your, your selection, right? And then r- right after him, Kenyon Drake sits there at 12 and a half. So it's like, who would you rather have, Miles Sanders or Kenyon right. Drake? Well, yep. we've, we've seen Miles Sanders have a good season last year, but I was, all season I was banging the drum that, you know, they, they didn't know what they had in Miles Sanders last season in Philadelphia. And I'm telling you now, the kid gloves are off. They're going to give him anything and everything he can handle. And in Philadelphia – they have two two very nice handcuff backs, Boston Scott and even Corey Clement, who's been they've both been fantastic in practice. So to my original point, you know, Miles Sanders or Kenyon Drake, their their ADPs are fractions of a point off. Well, Kenyon Drake was a, a nobody, a loser in Miami, and then he goes to uh, Arizona and he had a fantastic, you know, what how many games? Eight games, six games last season in Arizona. So to me. You know, the Josh Jacobs, the Mixons, the Sanders, even Eckler and Chubb. I'd rather have all of them over Drake because he's only put together, you know, a a string of games. So that was a very long-winded way to answer your question. No, and I agree with it. And I think it also needs to be taken into consideration Philadelphia in the fact that, I mean, shit, they they were fielding you and I out of wide receiver last year. The offensive line was banged up. That team went through so many injuries. And Miles Sanders was still productive. Um, with with all that being said, I can't I can't get enough of him. So when you say overdrafted, absolutely not. I, I want I want I any it. and all shares of Sanders in any format I can get my hands on. What kind of value do you still think that Todd Gurley has? Um, and we saw last year even um, with him still getting a considerable amount of red zone touches. 
um, seemed to be getting the ball early on and then kind of went away from it. Of course, you know, new scenery this year down in Atlanta. What what do you see his value as? And and do you think he kind of has a rejuvenated uh, season down down there? Absolutely. It's a great question. Thank you. So looking at Todd Gurley, his ADP is about 30, 31. So we're talking, you know, in the start of the third round, you know, I don't think he's going to last till, you know, mid third round and, and heck no, he's not going to be there in the fourth round. So in terms of Todd Gurley's value, I love where, where he's sitting. And I love when I'm on social media or I'm on like a, a fantasy podcast roundtable, you know, and people are just shitting on him and they don't want anything to do with him. That's fine. I'll take all the shares I can get at his current price, right? So I said like in the third round. So yeah. if, if we draft him in the third round, we're looking at a running back who I think, who I firmly believe is going to get us around twelve to 1,300 uh, total all-purpose yards and wow. about nine to 10 total touchdowns. So we're talking at least you know, in the right format, let every, I mean, everybody plays super flex and everybody plays in a, you know, a full PPR league. So, and my projections in a full PPR, I have him around 220, 225, you know, total fantasy points at the end of the season. And you're telling me I can get him in the start of the third round. Right. Sure. You know, that's fantastic. And a guy like Todd Gurley with his ADP, that's where we really have to do our homework. And that's where draft prep really comes in handy. Cause I know, Let's say we're sitting here and I know I can grab Todd Gurley, you know, with the first couple picks in the third round. Well, bam, I know I can just hit running back hard the first two rounds if I want or my first pick in the first round. I can do stud running back and then in the second round, stud wide receiver and then grab Todd Gurley, another stud running back in the third round. So three, three picks in, I got two stud running backs and I got a stud wide receiver. So uh, I can't, I can't talk up draft prep enough. And Todd Gurley is the example of doing your homework. Absolutely. My, my, the only other running back I was interested in, and Jeremy, you can jump in at any time here, man, is Leonard Fournette. So Leonard Fournette's still going to get the bulk of the carries. That offense is questionable. Um, at best, I mean, they do have some emerging wide receivers there. Do they, I mean, does Leonard Fournette? Where do you where do you feel comfortable drafting a guy like Leonard Fournette? Well, to me, Leonard Fournette is another guy in the same vein as um, Todd Gurley, right? So, if you look at their ADPs, as I said, not to repeat myself, Todd Gurley is going at thirty one. Leonard Fournette is right there at, at thirty three. So potentially again not to not to talk about homework and draft prep you could you know it, it it's all on how you want your draft to go right so looking at Todd Gurley I have him for 1200 all-purpose yards you know set in stone I mean that's like his floor 1200 total uh yards and about five or six touchdowns five five on the ground one or two receiving so we're talking about another running back who people just shit on and but there's really never any basis for argument in terms of, of putting Leonard Fournette down and not wanting anything to do with him. A guy you know is going to get you minimum 200 carries a year, uh, 55 uh, catches. You know he's going to get 60, 70 targets, and because his catch per, catch rate percentage, I believe, is in the 80s, like 83 percent, 83 and a half. Maybe you could double check, uh, or I can. Uh, when you guys talk, but he's a, he's a complete running back and I love everything about Leonard Fournette. So again, you keep naming guys that I, that I want in all. You formats. do. No, I love it. I love it. Jerry, you got anything? 
Yeah, and while we're talking running backs, we do have a question on Facebook. What are your thoughts on Raheem Mostert? Well, uh, this Justin, I love him too. Uh, <laughs> so again, if if you look at Mostert, let me uh, you know because I have the my the ADP, you know all the guys ADPs in front mm-hmm. of me. So you know if you scroll down, Raheem Mostert, his ADP is about fifty one. So we're talking in the beginning of the fifth round. Guys after him, Kareem Hunt, Ronald Jones, even Swift here in Detroit. And then a few guys before him, you know, in the mid-40s, David Montgomery, what's up with his groin, Mark Ingram, Devin Singletary, who I, I just read today has been having, you know, fumble issues in practice. So people on Twitter, Twitter, social media is so toxic. Yeah. Well, we could discuss <laughs> that another time. So in terms of <laughs> in terms of Raheem Mostert, you know, I have him for – for over a thousand yards, but we're talking all purpose, you know, maybe he'll knock on the door for a thousand rushing yards, but I don't think he quite gets there, you know, maybe 820, 850, but I have him for, for a healthy dose of touchdowns, eight or nine touchdowns, maybe even 10, you know, if you want to get like really ambitious about him. So Raheem Mostert in the fifth round, it's like, that's unbelievable to me. And another guy, it's like, you guys read my mind coming into the, the the broadcast here. Another guy that if you do your homework and you draft and you and you get who you want at the right spot, you're you're set up for success for like mm-hmm. a damn good team, right? Raheem Mostert in the fifth round is an absolute home run, no matter what format you're playing. All right, we've talked a lot of the running backs you do like. Who are some guys that you're not liking coming into this year that might get overdrafted? Well, uh, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, that's pretty. That's low hanging fruit given that. Uh, you know, they, they signed uh, Kellen Balage and then what the hell is Gase doing in New York? I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm in, tacos. De- I'm in Detroit, you know, obviously the lions are my team. I, but I pay attention to what's going on around me, not only in life, but football. And I, 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 I never really knew much about Gase and I was on a podcast maybe a week or two ago. And the same question was brought up around about Lavian Bell. Right. And this was before Gay said Frank Gores looks fantastic. He's 70 years old. He looks great. Right. And before they, they signed up Kellen uh, Balage or Balage, however you want to say mm-hmm. it. And so now it's like this weird, you know, you look at his eyes chasing tacos. He's just a wild man. <laughs> you know, was he, was it, was it loss of sleep? Was he on some sort of stimulant? We he don't hates know. Le'Veon Bell. He hates I know. He hates Le'Veon Bell. And I was again, like Le'Veon Bell reminds me a lot of David Johnson and, and, you know, come to find out they're like two picks apart in ADP uh, Le'Veon Bell being like 28 and then David Johnson being 30. So they're mm-hmm. literally two picks apart and both guys that I uh, coming into the season, Oh, they're going to be fantastic. They're going to have a resurgence. You know, David Johnson's been ho-hum for a couple of years after a massive breakout in 2016. And we all know the kind of running back Le'Veon Bell was in Pittsburgh. It Number one overall pick, if not top mm-hmm. three, right? And then he sat out and then he was a, a weirdo. We didn't know what was going on. And then I was all in on Le'Veon Bell like a month ago. And I'm not, I'm not changing my stance on him because that would make me look, you know, flaky and and, and and being uh you know a fantasy sports writer or a broadcaster you know being flaky is one thing that i do not want attached to my name because then you're not trusted you look like an idiot so in terms of Lavian bell um i think that this this recent uh hatred for him given what the heck's gonna go on there I, i'm still taking a chance on him because uh, you know you guys could 
attest to this too. You know, we draft certain guys at certain picks in our draft for, you know, a few things upside and we're taking a risk once we get to a certain point in the draft. So Lavian Bell is a, I don't want to say boomer bust player. Mm-hmm. He's a boomer bust pick, if that makes sense. You know, because if you're oh, taking because if you're taking him, it looks like late second round, early third round. So, you know, to me, your first like four or five picks, the first five rounds, I think you have to hit a home run on every pick there, mm-hmm. or you don't have a chance for the rest of the season. So Le'Veon Bell is one of them. Uh I, I love David Montgomery. Uh, n- nothing personal against him. And even before the, the, the hamstring or the, or the knee issue, he slid in practice the other day. Maybe I think it was actually even yesterday, but uh, he was getting some hate, but I was still drafting him, you know, wading through the, the, the shit storm on uh, social media. James Connors, another guy that, that I've always been, you know, into not as a man, but as a fantasy football player, I've been into <laughs> James Conner. Uh, a- another guy, people just discount. And I think he's going to prove, you know, a lot of people wrong this year. One guy that is absolutely perplexing to me is Nick Chubb in Cleveland, right? So follow me for a second. Cleveland, you know, it's the it's the Browns, right? And as a Lions mm-hmm. fan, Drew, we know, you know, we, do. The in, do we know the ins and outs of a shitty organization, you know, team that just made every move they make is wrong. You know, because when you look at the Lions, I mean, all these other teams have had success. They go from, you know, last to first, last to a playoff. NFC championship game, what have you. And the Lions haven't even done that. You know the old saying, a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. That same thing applies to the Lions. They they could they couldn't just, you know, happen to fall into a playoff game or happen to just host a playoff game. They haven't done anything, and it's because of the decisions they've made. So turn our attention to Nick Chubb, their star number one running back aside from Kareem Hunt. That's a a separate discussion, but Nick Chubb is without a doubt their RB one. He's a top 10 guy and these idiots let him get concussed in practice of all things. How does an organization like I've been thinking of that since it happened. How do you let your star stud running back who I would think that you want to carry the load, take some pressure off Mr. Interception himself, Baker Mayfield, (laughs) take the pressure off him and let Chubb, let Chubb and Hunt, you know, field all the work. You know, Chubb, Chubb can get 250 carries in a season. You know, uh, Kareem Hunt can get 70 catches in a season. Let these guys do the work, but then you, you put them in a practice situation where he gets a, a concussion. And to be honest with you, I don't, I haven't read, I don't know if he's practiced since. I don't think he has. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's. Yes. It's it's absolutely insane that you would even set up anybody. I don't care if it's your if it's a third string uh, long snapper. You don't set your guys up, you know, to be harmed, and you don't set your guys up for failure because a concussion two weeks out before the season doesn't look so hot on a resume, and it doesn't look so hot for us wanting to draft him at his ADP, which is like fifteen. So you're mm-hmm. telling me, you know, so it, it's just an odd occurrence. And then again. Uh, Derrick Henry is another guy. I love Derrick Henry. I'm all in on him. He's a monster. You know, he'll 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 pick you up and he'll choke slam you right on the field like he's the undertaker. He doesn't care. But he's a guy that, you know, people they don't care about. They're not talking about him. They're they're skipping over Derrick Henry in drafts to draft a guy like Clyde Edwards Hilaire, to draft a guy like Austin Eckler. So I mean there I could talk about this all day to, you know, to answer so- your question. 
just one more thing with the running backs. Is Clyde Edwards Hilar is he is he the safest rookie pick? Or do you He's like a Jimmy Robbins or even a DeAndre Swift, which even as a Lions fan, I'm not sure if, if I'm comfortable. As far as what would you rate them where you take them? I love DeAndre Swift, the player, but not as a fantasy perspective in his rookie year. Yeah. Well, that that was that that's a good comment. You know, uh, who's the safest rookie, you know, in terms of, of football in general, but especially with rookie, you know, with offensive rookies, nothing is safe. Nothing is set in stone because we still, I mean, granted we're what uh, 14 days out from the start of the regular season, somewhere in there, 13 days out. So we're really close. Exactly. So we're really close to the start of the season, but there's been, I don't want to be the guy who keeps telling you everything we've heard on social media the last six months, but there's been no preseason. We we're not a hundred percent sure how snaps and, and touches and targets are going to shake out. But I, to answer your question, I would think, yes, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is the safest bet and he better be, or there's going to be a lot of upset people, you know, drafting him third, fourth, and even fifth overall in, you know, in, in, in their draft. So if he's not the safest running back, rookie running back this season, there's going to be a lot of upset people and a lot of real crappy teams this season. You know, I want to go back to, you were talking about Nick Chubb. I'm a Browns fan and Drew and I on this podcast talk about how shitty the Browns and Lions organizations are constantly. Last week when Nick Chubb got the concussion, I absolutely said they should shut him down for the rest of the training camp and not bring him back until game one. So I'm hundred percent with you on that. But as we're talking more running backs, we got a couple, uh, especially rookie running backs. We got a couple of questions through Facebook on Jonathan Taylor. What do you think he'll do this year? And do you like running back Zach Moss of Buffalo as a sleeper? So, uh, full disclosure, I've always been uh, open and honest. Thank you, Matthew, for the question. I will, I'll get to it here shortly. Full disclosure, as I was saying, I've always been open and honest with you know everybody in my life, both personally, professionally, and in terms of of my you know my writing, DFS or seasonal, however you want to do it. And I recently traded Christian McCaffrey to grab Taylor. Swift and Jalen Rieger. So I traded a, a stone cold stud. Uh, you know, we know what we're going to get from CMC for three guys, rookies who we, who we think we know what they're going to do, but it's not in the same vein as Christian McCaffrey in terms of Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I, I see a, a nice rookie season over a thousand uh, all purpose yards, probably closer to 1200, about eight or nine TDs. He's going to get you, you know, a nice healthy dose of, uh, of touchdowns this season. I have no problem with Jonathan Taylor. I love drafting the kid, you know, if the if the spot is right. And if you trade for him, make sure that, that the price is right, you know, for a guy like him. In terms of Zach Moss in uh, Buffalo, uh, th that's a perfect question. Uh, Michael was his name who asked the question, right? Chris. Guys, Michael, Michael Grabney. Uh, this was Chris Somerville on this one. Oh, okay. Hey, hey, Chris, great name. Uh, so Zach Moss, <laughs> it, that's a perfect question. And I would like to think that the Chris's are connected here because of what we just read, you know, mere hours ago about Devin Singletary not doing so hot, having fumble issues. And there was al there's already been a ton of talk about these rookie running backs that came in and, and we buried their, you know, like we buried Aaron Jones. We buried Carrion Johnson because, you know, they drafted, you know, these really good uh, rookie running backs. But in terms of Devin Singletary, I I'm not 100% sure his role was ever safe to begin with, you know, after grabbing uh, Zach Moss. So looking at my, I have my, uh, 
my projections here in front of me. So looking at his projections, about 150, 155 carries, and that would be fantastic. Uh, about 650, 700 rushing yards, five touchdowns. That, that's fantastic. And, a, you know, uh, 20, 25 catches, nothing crazy, 150 yards and another touchdown. So we're not looking at a, th- a thousand all-purpose yards, but we're looking at six, seven touchdowns, which is obviously outstanding. That's the name mm-hmm. of the game, touchdowns. But touchdowns are also, I'm sure you guys know, the hardest stat to project you know, for football. So uh, I'm a, I'm a Zach Moss guy. Uh, well, actually I wasn't until about five minutes ago when uh, Chris asked me the question. <laughs> so moving on to receivers actually, and this is a great, cause I've been reading about Juju and his limited reps in practice and questionable how he's looked in practice. Um, again, these are reports. What are you confident drafting Juju and are we still are we even confident that he's a guy that can be the one in in, in on consistent basis produce? Uh, to answer the the short answer is no. Uh, I've never been a Juju fan, and again, I don't want to. Uh, you know, my advice and, and the, my writing and stuff, I'm always careful because I don't want to be, you know, negligent with what I say. I don't want to be harmful to somebody. You know, it's just my opinion, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm a nobody, just a guy who likes chatting, you know, and likes writing. And, you know, I, I'm a fan of it. Right. So when I say I don't like Juju, I'm not I'm not what I'm getting at is if I say I don't like somebody, I'm not trying to talk people out of drafting mm-hmm. him or, or trading for him. Just It's just a personal opinion. I'm with you, Drew. I'm not a fan of him. I don't think he's a number one. And sorry if I if I give the same old tired argument. I think he was really well two seasons ago because AB was there. The guy w- w- was a mon, you know, a little monster, a mini monster, however you want to put it. Uh, I can see a scenario where, oh, Juju and I happen to be friends on uh, Snapchat, by the way. But uh, in, in terms of, of Juju, I see him, you know, getting a, a thousand yards in receiving yards this season, about five or six touchdowns, right? And you're like, well, why wouldn't you like him? He's a thousand yard wide receiver, five or six touchdowns. Well, this just in, it's 2020. It's the NFL. A thousand yard receivers grow on trees now. You know, it's not, it's not like, oh my God, you know, there's five of them every year. Uh, That's a good stat. I'm going to write that down and try and find how many thousand yard uh, receivers there were actually last season. So uh, Juju, he's a good, he's a good, you know, wide receiver for your team, but at his ADP of like 36. So we're talking mid third round for me. Absolutely not. Cause if you look at the draft board around him, you can grab Jonathan Taylor, the pick right before Juju, you can grab DJ Moore in Carolina, ODB in Cleveland, Jeremy, you can grab him right there. Even a guy like Leonard Fournette at 33. So, uh, there's a, there's too many other players that I like, you know, in his ADP. Cause to me, you know, ADP is that's the price we pay for our guys. And does it make sense or is it right. too much? So, and then, so my next guy, which, and I, and I don't know what the ADP on him was last year, but I'm interested to see what the difference is. And, and, and you may not know, but I want your feelings on it anyway. Stefan Diggs going to Buffalo with, with Josh Allen, um, what are your thoughts about it? Do you, you still think Stefan Dix is a high value guy? I mean, of course he's not, you know, top 10 high value, but do you still like what his value there? And do you think he's dropped off since leaving Kirk Cousins in the Minnesota Vikings? Well, I don't think he's dropped off per se, 
but given his ADP to answer your question, I'm, it's about like 65. So we're, we're talking like mid middle of the sixth round, which would, which is fantastic. That's right about where I start to, you know, accumulate some wide receivers and back-to-back picks or, you know, triple, you know, three wide receivers in a row, let's say. So Diggs leaving Minnesota, uh, and you can attest to this, Drew, wasn't a fan, obviously, when he played in Minnesota because, you know, he had some pretty pretty nice games here at Ford Field. Fantastic. Then, Absolutely. You know, so going from Kirk Cousins, who I think is uh, not a very good quarter, not a very good fantasy quarterback. And I, I say that with pause because I've had some of the most toxic interactions on social media with Vikings, Vikings fans. <laughs> yeah, they they sure. absolutely love Kirk Cousins. It seems like they would bend over backwards for a guy that they've never met. They don't know. Right? They paid so, a lot of money for him. Absolutely. And have you seen the video of at, at, at his own gender reveal party? There's a cardboard cutout yeah, and they I've have like, like like a, 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 a dust, a sack of dust. And he, he almost misses the target <laughs> from three feet away. I mean, what the heck? So yep. it's wonderful. <laughs> getting it's back wonderful. on getting back on track. So Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. I love it, and I love it for a few things. His ADP is a sweet spot. Six round, excuse me, six and a half round for Stefan Diggs is is very nice personally. And he's going to Buffalo, where uh, people don't think of like this a lot, but it's very cold. And the but the fans are outstanding. I've been to a game, you know, in Buffalo. The fans are they're like us here in Detroit. We don't care what the record is what the score is they show up and they show up in droves you know every play every yard every reception the the roof seems to come off on it so digs in in buffalo i find very appetizing because you have a guy like uh, josh allen at, at quarterback who is an up and coming stud he's a uh, you know, especially in, you know, two quarterback leagues or super flex leagues, he's a top 10 pick. No, oh, run the ball. Yeah. And yep. even at, even in standard formats, he's a, he's a top 10 quarterback. So there's no doubting what, you know, what Josh Allen can do and what Buffalo's putting together there. So uh, Diggs is a, a, a buy for me. Are you taking Diggs over T.Y. Hilton? Uh, absolutely all day, because if you look, uh, T.Y. Hilton's one of those guys. I, I wrote an article about two months ago. I did a, a fantasy heaven and hell series. I don't know if you caught it, but it, it's it, it's exactly like what you think it is. These guys are very they're It's like heaven to own them. And then these guys, it's like like hell to own them. And T.Y. Hilton ADP is at 57. And mind you, Diggs is at 65. So we're talking almost a 10 pick swing, you know. Uh, I've never been a fan of T.Y. Hilton, nothing personal. I've never owned him. I've never acquired him. And Availability, first, man. Availability. That's He's it. not I, available. <laughs> I you know, real fast, you know, personally, fantasy football is supposed to be fun, and I like to draft and own guys that I like to watch play. I like owning and drafting guys that, you know, don't give me ulcers that aren't like stressing me out, you know, Sunday morning when I'm trying to set my lineup. And T.Y. Hilton is in the same, you know, group of guys like Amari Cooper is. Are they in? Are they out? They're, they're got a big Q next to their name all week. And then the one week, you know, uh, he's got a Q. He's a game time decision. He plays. He scores three touchdowns. So you're, you're a geek. You're happy. Well, guess what? I'm going to start him next week. And guess what? You start him. First drive of the game, he tweaks, you know, soft tissue He's injury out. to his leg. Yep. He sits out for the rest of the game and really, you know, puts it up you, right? So yep. uh, I want nothing to do with T.Y. Hilton. Uh, I 
I don't care if it's right or wrong. I'm taking digs all day over T.Y. Hilton. No, I love that. This is all right. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's either Chris, but A.J. Green or uh, or Hollywood Brown. Uh, gr- great question, Matthew. Uh, so looking at it now, uh, I mean, I know it's not realistic to say looking back a couple seasons, it would be A.J. Green because that's not realistic, not reasonable. But uh, to answer your question, I'm going Hollywood Brown here. Uh, not by much, though. You know, if you when you look at a, a guy like Hollywood Brown, I don't care if his name was what was Jeff Smith or John Adams. You know, he's the number one receiver on a Baltimore yeah. Ravens team that is going to be absolutely fantastic. And he's in an offense kind of like Kansas City, where I want any and all pieces of that of that offense as I can get right. And I'm a huge AJ Green fan. I have uh, you know an autograph. I have a, a Julio Jones and AJ Green autographed jersey rookie card that hangs here in my office down here i'm a huge aj green fan but you know i don't want to say talent wins out because aj green is probably more talented but it's the availability as you said and it's the and it's the opportunity you look at a guy like aj green who's uh i believe he's going to be playing in his year 31 see he'll be 31 years old and he's in an offense with some question marks you got a rookie quarterback who in all likelihood should be a stud quarterback in Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon looks to be holding out or put that aside. You got Mixon at, mm-hmm. at, at running or excuse me. Yeah. Running back. And then you have a, a guy, you have like a plethora of good serviceable wide receivers in that, uh, in that system, right? Mm-hmm. T Higgins is there. Uh, Boyd is there. Auden Tate has looked fantastic. Awesome. Uh, J- yeah. John, John Ross, the third. So there's a lot of moving parts there. And, to argue myself to play devil's advocate. Well, you could, you know, kind of say the same thing about Marquise Brown, right. As a wide receiver. Well, Chris, he's got a quarterback in Lamar who's, yeah, he's the reigning MVP, blah, 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 but he runs a lot and he's going to take a lot of looks and, and touches and targets away from Brown. I don't care because one play in a game can make your week with Marquise Brown, right? A 70, yeah. 70, 80 yard touchdown. You got 15 points from your starting wide receiver. And you can go home. You're set. That's all you ever want from one of your starting fantasy wide receivers. So, and you've great- seen it, man. You've seen it with the Baltimore Ravens. Not to cut you off, it. Yeah. Guys run wide open. Guys run wide open in that offense with the ability to run the ball in their play action. I mean, guys are by themselves. Yeah. And that's not that's not something that they're necessarily going to see in Cincinnati. And you know why? Because I'm sure you you know this, but with Lamar Miller, you or excuse me, with Lamar Jackson you have to have, you know, a spy, a spy running back, excuse me, a linebacker or even a a cornerback given the the situation, right? Where a spy, they they sit back and their own, their one and only job is to, you know, follow uh, Jackson around and make sure he doesn't rip off 30, 40 yards in a run. (laughs) So you can, so right out off the bat, you take that guy out of the play, right? And then you got Mark Andrews, who is a wild man who I own, you know, so he's taking coverage away from from probably a linebacker because more times than not, you know, they're the best cover linebacker covers, you know, stud uh, tight end. So that's two guys out of the play. Right. So you have, you know, cornerback, cornerback on both of their uh, their wide receivers. So you're telling me that Marquise Brown is going to be looking at man to man coverage a lot in 2020. Sign me up. Yeah. Burner. Nailed that. Burner, too. Yep. Absolutely. I love it. So there's, you said you wanted all the pieces you could get of that Baltimore offense. Absolutely. How high is too high to draft Lamar Jackson? Here's another, uh, not to, um, 
not to flip flop and sound like I'm, you know, not well with like my rankings and projections. I love the offense, but I'm not, I'm not all in with drafting Lamar Jackson at his, at his price in a super flex. He's a top five pick. He's probably going, it's probably going to be, I've seen it a million times already. Pick one is Christian McCaffrey. Pick two is Patty Mahomes. Pick three is Lamar Jackson. Uh-huh. So when, when you, when you draft a quarterback that high, uh, t- follow me here and tell me if this makes sense. So you draft your quarterback third overall. To me, he then has little to no value. And meaning, you know, if if I want to acquire Lamar Jackson from you, Jeremy, I'm going to have to give up probably half my roster. I'm going to have mm-hmm. to give you 10 guys from my roster to get Lamar Jackson. Does it make sense to me? There is no value to be had for my team, right? And on the flip side, Jeremy, you as the, the Lamar Jackson owner, there is there you're only going to take the moon and the stars for him, if that makes sense. And nobody's willing to pay that. So therefore you're stuck with Lamar Jackson, which isn't horrible to be stuck with mm-hmm. him. But you get what I'm saying here? Absolutely. There's, there's little to no value here because it's a it's always a uh, like a standoff here. I want him, I don't want him, but and nobody's willing to, you know, give up what he's worth. And in turn, the owner is isn't willing to receive what he's worth. So it's just an odd circumstance. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he's a great, great player, great quarterback. He's just not for me, not for my style of uh, play, let's say. Understandable. And while we're talking rookies earlier, thoughts on CeeDee Lamb, Jefferson, and Judy. So I'm going to write that one down real quick. So we got, uh, so I, I keep my, keep my story straight. Right. So, uh, (laughs) CD lamb, by the way, you're on fire, man. You are fantastic. And I'm loving every minute of this. Thank you. We appreciate Uh, you. brother. (laughs) I'm sorry that I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what took us so long that, you know, to get together like this. Right. So if we look at the three guys, I'll mention each one real briefly. We all know who they are. Jerry Judy is, uh, we've all seen his fantastic route running ability, which is apps, which is kind of advanced for, you know, a rookie wide receiver. Normally a, a rookie wide receiver, they have a fantastic college season, but then they come in and they have to relearn a lot of things, whether it be technique, whether it be the route tree, the playbook is a given, right? But he's come in and he's, I've seen, I'm sure you guys all have too. You've seen his, his clips from camp where he looks phenomenal you know mm-hmm. running running his route so he's in denver drew lock is their quarterback i'm high on that whole offense uh cd lamb is in dallas we know what that brings it's a very high high potent fast paced uh offense but there's a lot of people in line for targets and touches before you get to cd lamb and i'd like to think that it's all up to lamb to earn his target and touches with uh Dak at quarterback who can run you know, for rip off a hundred yards in a game, you know, Zeke Elliott guy hasn't missed time. He's a, he's a top five guy stud, but then you got two guys like Amari Pooper and uh, Michael Gallup, right? Gallup, I think is going to assume the wide receiver one role in Dallas this season. And I don't necessarily think it's going to be close in terms of him being able to be, beat out Amari Cooper, his, his size, his strength, his durability, his connection with uh, Dak Prescott. So um, I love C.D. Lamb there in Dallas. And then Justin Jefferson in Minnesota is, I find, he was, everybody was really high on him, let's say a month or two ago, you know, in rookie drafts, of course. And then overall dynasty startups or even redraft leagues, he was really hot. And now 
there's been little to no talk about him, which is good for guys like us and guys, as I've said in the beginning of the broadcast, who prep and do their homework for their draft. So you can you can grab uh, Jefferson, you know, at, at a very nice price in your in your drafts, and he's going to give you. He's going to be without a doubt the wide receiver too there in uh, Minnesota. And again, I I love Adam Thielen. The guy's self-made, came from nothing in terms of where he played college and, you know, undrafted uh, free rookie, uh, free agent and all that. But I, 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 I firmly believe, too, just like Lamb in Dallas, Justin Jefferson is going to be the wide receiver one in Minnesota, if not halfway through the season, right? So I'm not calling he's going to be the wide receiver one right, right off the bat. So uh, – I, I, I guess I'm supposed to rank these three guys. That's what the the question was, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. So I would go Judy, uh, Judy, Justin Jefferson, and Lamb, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, right off the top Dig of my it. head. You, you agreed with us completely, right. Drew. We talked about that last week. Yeah, we, said, did. we didn't expect anything from Jefferson right away, but about game eight is where we thought he'd take off. So you're about halfway through the season with that. I'd, I'd like to know when uh, Minnesota's bye week is, you know, I, it sometimes some people might not think it's a, it's a weird thing, but you know, mm-hmm. a bye week, you know, a lot of teams, depending on where they're at, you know, in their division or with the, with how the offense or defense is running a lot of times, you know, the team spend that two weeks, you know, that includes the bye week, you know, totally revamping, you know, their, their offense or their play calling. And if, if Minnesota has a bye week, as you said, Jeremy, like around seven or eight, if it's any later than, than, than week eight, I think we see, you know, Jefferson come out on fire after the bye week and, and, you know, maybe, I don't want to say double, that's a little Mm -hmm. much, but, you know, might be the, the showcase wide receiver in Minnesota. Yeah, a quick glance, it looks like a week sevens or bye week. And I did look up when I got kicked off here. I had a power flash at the house here. I got kicked off. But there were 29 1,000-yard receivers in the NFL last season, to answer your question. Yeah. So, basically, there's 32 teams in the league. So, if you wanted to just – Everybody's got one. So, yeah, <laughs> if you want to dumb it down, every team has one. So, it's just, you know, pick your guy. And I think you got to think with Judy as well, in my opinion – his his route running in in that coming out of college with a no preseason abbreviated offseason, I think immediately, like you said, I think he makes an impact. Jefferson will be groomed. I think he's definitely an outside guy that, that I think Thielen will need Jefferson to to play at a high level second half of the year to be productive in that offense. We'll see. And let, let me, I, I failed to mention a guy like Judy in Denver and a guy like Gallup in Dallas, you know, uh, I, I touched on it. There's a lot of moving parts, but a guy like Judy in Denver, he's going to have to find his, his, his spot, his little niche, right? Because court, nobody's talking about Cortland Sutton either. He's coming. He's and he's coming. fantastic. So, you know, uh, Judy is going to have to find his role and he's going to have to find it fairly quick before people, because I know fantasy football people are, they're very fickle. It's what have you done for me lately? So uh, Judy is going to have to find his spot. And if anybody's watching this, I'm going to write a note where I'm going to keep close tabs on Judy. And if he struggles early in the season within the first three or four games, I'm sending a low ball offer to the Judy owner. See if they're, you know, they're just doing doing a panic sell, right? Smart business. Love it. All right. Last thing I want to touch on, Jeremy, I don't know if you got, well, I mean, tight ends, it is. Quarterbacks, I mean, I can't think they, for the most part, the only question I would have at quarterback is Drew Locke. And if you think he's being overdrafted because of the weapons he has and, and kind of a questionable production, 
I mean, not questionable production, but limited production uh, out in Denver. Another guy who, as I've said uh, a few minutes ago, everybody was going crazy for him a month or two ago. I mean, I don't have the exact date, but people were going absolutely crazy for him. It was one of those those times where, you know, Everything on social media, especially Twitter, it's like Groundhog's Day. Like Drew Locke was really hot, and then they fizzle out, and then but then he comes back around. Mm-hmm. There's there's yeah. dozens of guys that that happens to. And as it stands right now, Drew Locke is no one. He, it must be uh, downtime for the people, the Drew Locke, you know, truthers or the people that are way into Locke. So he's faded away in terms of of hype and uh, ADP, but he still has that same. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He has all the same tools, all the same receivers. He's got, he's got (laughs) 2000 yard running backs. And again, a guy who, you know, people he's off people's radar right now. So, you know, the time is now in terms of fantasy football and any fantasy sport, there's a supply and demand and there's a buy and sell time and each buy and sell time. it's, It's always different for each player. And right now drew lock is in a, in a definite buy, 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 buy. Drew, you brought up tight ends. What are your thoughts on uh, Gronk this year? What do you expect from him? Uh, great question. I don't. That one's hard, man. Let me it's see hard. if I. I'm 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 thinking as I'm talking, so my words are coming out as I'm thinking them. If that makes any sense. So mm-hmm. my. That's how this whole show is. Yeah my <laughs> my personal expectations for Gronk don't nearly match where people are drafting him or where people are, you know, adding him or trading for him. Right. So Gronk guys, you know, a lock for the hall of fame, how many super bowls he's back with Tom Brady, that whole tired, lazy narrative there. Uh, I, I see us, uh, you know, 650 yards this season, 700, you know, 80 targets, 75 targets, but he's not going to catch. I don't think he catches 50 balls. So if you, if he's got, you know, 80 targets, but he only catches 50 of them, that, that uh, catching percentage isn't the highest. It's not the greatest. Right. And not a ton of touchdowns, not, not Gronk style touchdowns, like four, maybe five, five, even five. I don't even feel comfortable, you know, projecting Mm -hmm. Gronk for five touchdowns. So he's a guy that to me, he's a late round guy. He's a flyer, you know, uh, maybe 12th, 13th round plus, but again, that's me personally and you're in no way going to be able to you know grab right. there so right. exactly so he's a, a a non-factor for me in terms of of, of buying or drafting what about oj howard though is oj howard is the search and rescue ever going to fight oj howard or is he just is he just disappeared off the it, face of the earth it's does, huge, does bruce arians just hate him it's a huge bummer because i I'm a big OJ Howard fan. I don't know why I have a soft spot for him. Actually, I do know why. Last season, you know, at this time last season, uh, I traded. I had no tight end on my team, right? And there, it, again, it's on fan tracks, my 14 team PPR uh, IDP roster. I didn't have a tight end, and Howard was staring me right in the face, and I got him super cheap for like a fifth or sixth round pick in, in you know, this past month's draft, right? And he absolutely just, he broke my heart. And I think we're in for the same, uh, you know, the same kind of season. Uh, he'd be, I think he's going to be lucky to get to 400 receiving yards this season. Uh, two touchdowns, maybe three. Uh, he's, I, I hate to say this, it hurts my feelings, but he's a waiver wire guy, right? I'm not going to draft him, but 
again, Cameron Bright was the better option, right? I mean, Cameron down. Bright was the better option, option all year long than, than OJ Howard really was. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it, it, you know, he was another one of those guys a few months ago. People were like, it, it's got to happen this year. Tom Brady's in town. You know, he loves tight ends. And again, stick it right up our ass when they, when they added Gronk. So yep. he's, I think the only, the only relief for him or the only hope for him, let's say, is obviously if he gets traded to another team, right? He would be, you know, imagine him on, let's say, uh, the Colts or in Philadelphia, how fantastic he would be just the way like in Philly, they have Goddard and they have Ertz and those guys are fantastic. I mean, Ertz is fantastic. And a guy in, in Indianapolis, like who I love, Jack Doyle, nobody, Jack Doyle no, rules. no yeah, exactly. Nobody talks about <laughs> him, but he's on every team that I, that I have because he's just a nobody, nobody talks about. And, you're, you can you can pencil them in for you know minimum five touchdowns. And that was Jacoby Brissett, like right, like yeah. so. Let's think we had Philip Rivers, Jack Doyle. I feel like has to be a value pick. Yeah, Phil Rivers is a gunslinger. The bolo tie, the works. You know, we've seen the tight end. He had Antonio Gates all the years. You know, Antonio or yeah, excuse me. Uh, Antonio Gates is a Hall of Fame tight end. Then Hunter Henry came on and he was fantastic. So, uh, and maybe it's just the fact that if if I was a tight end in a, in a Phil Rivers run offense, maybe I could score five touchdowns because the guy throws the ball 550 times a season. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's low. I mean, 550 pass attempts is, is low for a guy like Phil Rivers, you know, and revitalized in Indianapolis with some, with some fantastic players. So OJ Howard, major bummer, uh, better left on the waiver wire for me. Let me ask you this. Can we trust Evan Ingram? Can we trust Evan Ingram to draft his ass where he's being drafted? Is that something we can do? Because I'm tired of doing it. I'm, a, I'm upset about it. I'm tired Availability, of doing it. bro. It's just I, – I, I, I can't handle it anymore. I continue to, to put the guy on my team based off talent, and I not rely on him and then not have to go with a Jack Doyle type player. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you. I I've never owned – Evan Ingram and I don't uh, expect to own Evan Ingram ever. He's he's you can I can put him in that same class where is he going to play? Is he not going to play? And then when he plays, I bench him. He scores twice, you know, things of that nature. So his ADP is about 75, which is absolutely too rich for my blood. So you're saying in the seventh round uh, to draft Evan Ingram. No, thank you. Uh, I can see him getting targeted, you know, a, even 100 times, you know, catching 60 of those passes for, what, 650, 680 yards, and then, you know, four touchdowns, maybe five touchdowns. So th- those are fantastic, phenomenal numbers for a tight end, but those are those are my projections based on him playing a full season, which he will not do. So Correct. you can so minus a touchdown or two, <laughs> minus a couple hundred yards, minus you know twenty targets. So uh, he's not for me, especially at that price. And Chris, before we let you out of here tonight, I got two more questions. One, give us some sleepers, late round guys that a lot of people won't expect you to draft or that are getting overlooked right now. Mm-hmm. And also, what is in your opinion the best way to build a team in fantasy? So I, I'll give you my – I got two guys. Uh, if you 
I mean, I have a stack of uh, note cards that I filled out with almost every player. <laughs> but uh, I love Chase Edmonds in uh, Arizona this season. Uh, but he's kind of starting to pick up steam because, you know, I'm not saying I'm the sole reason for that, mm -hmm. but I'm in that crowd where people are, you yeah. know, really high on him. And then it was, you know, exacerbated when Kenyon Drake is walking around in a boot and he says, Oh, not, nothing's wrong with my ankle. It's fine. Like, yeah, I walk around. Yeah, in a boot boot. On, dude. I walk around <laughs> in a boot all the time, you know, <laughs> safekeeping for my ankle. It's not normal to do if you're, if you're healthy and Chase Edmonds has absolutely has standalone value meaning uh you know a handcuff means the guy the handcuff is only good if if the team's rb1 goes down well chase edmonds is going to do his thing whether drake plays or not and uh, talk about a guy with a fantastic uh, catch catch rate you know in terms of percentage i think it's at 80 or excuse me 72 75 ish percent and you know his best week last year was, and again, I don't think I'm a weirdo savant. I, I've done all this homework, and again, I have this all on note cards, so I'm not just pulling it out. But his best uh, game last season was in week seven. Arizona gave him a full workload in terms of 27 carries, and he put up 126 yards. So that just goes to show you very small sample size, but given a full workload, he produced 100 yards, and that's it. My second guy is uh, another running back. Naeem Hines in Indianapolis. We just talked about Phil Rivers. Perfect segue. Uh, I look like a, a genius here in you terms do. of that. Damn in right terms of that. But Naeem Hines in in Indianapolis. Uh, I don't. I still think he's in that sweet spot where he's still kind of a secret. People aren't paying attention to him. You, you know, he'll come across your social media feed every couple of days, and it's because he had a good practice. It's because the you know the head coach or the or the quarterback said. Uh, we want to get him involved more, which they actually said. But uh, he's not a lead back, don't get me wrong, but he he returns kicks. So in terms of, you know, a team that, you know, will give, will count and give points for active, right. you know, kick or punt returns, he, he's a stud in terms of that. He had six uh, kick returns last season for like 125 yards. He averages like 20 yards a, a kick return. But he is going to be – I. I envision him, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lock it down here. You can hold me to it. I firmly believe Naeem Hines picks up that James White-ish kind of role that wow. that White has in New England, right? So you have, you know, the stud rookie with the pedigree and Jonathan Taylor, Marlon Mack put up a thousand uh, yards last season. So we don't know how the the touches are gonna shake out in terms of those two running backs. Well, enter Naeem Hines, who it doesn't matter who the starting running back is, just yeah, like James right. White. He's going to get his, you know, he's mm -hmm. going to be the passing catch back or, you know, massive garbage time, let's say. So Naeem Hines and, and Chase Edmonds, uh, honorable mention to Matt Breida in Miami. I think he is, uh, his ADP is about 86, 85. So we're talking eighth round. I believe that he will be that team's starting running back uh, sooner rather than later. So you're telling me I can draft, you know, a starting running back in the eighth or ninth round, you know, sign me up. I love it. Nice. Jeremy, you got anything else, man? Yeah. How would, uh, how, what's your recipe for building a great fantasy team? Well, I'll give you two options. Uh, of I'll give you two, uh, two ways. And the first one's going to be real quick. Uh, my favorite way to play is IDP. I'm talking full blown IDP, not just one or two flex spots. I'm talking mm -hmm. the works, you know, every position, D tackle, defensive end, defensive, you know, all that linebackers, cornerbacks, and safeties, and it's not lumped into DBs. It's separate, cornerback and safety, right? So in terms of that, 
uh, I always build a monster championship defense because, you know, during the draft, people aren't even paying attention to IDP. Mm -hmm. You can draft a stud like Darius Leonard in Indianapolis in the fifth or sixth round, right? So build a championship defense. It is true. I can uh, firmly tell you that defense does win championships. I won last year with an absolutely monster uh, IDP roster. So for for us normal folks who aren't a, a, a IDP psycho, <clears throat> I would say, um, you, I think I said, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes into the broadcast, I believe that your first four, even five picks have to be home runs. They're, your first three picks for sure have to be absolute stud picks, right? Don't deviate. Don't falter from your plan. You draft your guy at each pick in the first couple of rounds. And then in the just kind of, you know, not making this up, but, you know, go, my, the gears are turning in my head. I would say when you get into that sixth, seventh round, uh, I'm going to start to take, you know, some, some rookies, some like, like the Jerry Judy's of the world, let's say, or even Jalen Rieger in, in Philadelphia. But again, you know, mind you, it comes down to prep and homework, but also you have to be mindful during your draft. I've done thousands of drafts and not a single one has gone the way I expected it to. Not a single one has, uh, you know, they've all been different, let's say. That's what I'm getting at. So make sure you have a plan in place. You know, set your cue, you know, in terms of, of drafting, you know, and don't uh, fixate on one guy. Well, I'm up in, in 20 picks and I want to draft Zach right. Moss. Well, He's Zach, gonna go. Zach Moss isn't going to be there. And then you got a minute on the clock and you're, oh, 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 you're and you make a panic selection, right? So, uh, be careful with that kind of stuff. So your first few picks, uh, dare I say, your first five picks have to be home runs. You know, kind of get you know your your roster set up where those first four or five picks, th- those are your starting guys. Your roster starting to take shape, and then why not? You know, start to go with some young, high upside guys even that early. I mean, everybody has their own process. There's no right or wrong way. So uh, I'm sure there, there's a, a lot of people that would say, Chris, you're a dummy. Why are you going to take a rookie like Justin Jefferson or Jalen Rieger in the seventh round? Hey, listen, guy, don't, don't mind, you know, mind your own business. Let, <laughs> yeah, let, me, right. let me build my team the way I want it to want exactly. it to build. Mm-hmm. And again, I've played in thousands of leagues. I, I haven't won all of them, but I've won some fantasy football championships and I, I, I do it almost the same way every draft. If it's a, a standard scoring league, meaning, you know, with one or two flex spots, meaning uh, you only start one quarterback, I always wait on a quarterback. You know, I can get Matthew Stafford in the 10th round. I can get Matthew Stafford in the 12th or 13th round. Uh, you know, a quarterback that can throw for 4,000 yards, you know, 25 touchdowns in the 10th round is fantastic. All that means is I spent the last nine picks, you know, building, you know, running oh, backs and wide receipt. Yeah. So um, any questions or comments in terms of that is concerned. Uh, my DMs are always open for you guys, anybody else. My, you know, my, my Twitter handles right under my chin at Detroit Beastie. I could talk to stuff all day. <clears throat> Chris, listen, man. I seriously appreciate it. I know Jeremy does as well. Again, get at Detroit BC on Twitter. Listen, man, I hope we can have you uh, back on the show in the season down the road. We'll recap, feel where we're at. I appreciate your time. I really do. Thanks for inviting me, guys. It's uh, right back at you. Appreciate it, brother. Yep, you take it easy, man. Once again, that was Chris Robin. You can follow him at Detroit BC. Brother, what great stuff from Chris, man. 
He's a monster. The guy, the, 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 the dude is literally fantastic. I hope we can have him back on down the road. The man knows his shit, folks. Clearly Listen, does. He, uh, he is locked in. We're locked in. What a wonderful show. I It was good talking <laughs> fantasy. That dude, uh, he, I, I'm super impressed. I hope everybody else is. We'll definitely have him back on down, uh, down the road. Dude, watching the show, just, you know, on our little monitor here, you and I were just bobblehead dolls for most of the show. We're just like, yep, mm-hmm, 100%. Mm-hmm. Dude He's killed all, it. He knows and, his stuff, man. Yeah. You can follow him once again on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. It was Chris Robin. He's got a few sites on his bio. He didn't want to plug anything, but definitely check him out. Give him a follow. Definitely worth it. Like he said, his DMs are open. So slide in those DMs with your fantasy questions. Ask him. Just add him at Detroit BC. Anything you got. High on Miles Sanders, who I traded away today, and he made me question it. (laughs) (laughs) High on uh, Jerry Judy, Justin Jefferson after week eight. Anyone in an IDP league, for anyone who didn't realize what that was, it doesn't play it. It's individual defensive player league. I got one of those. Definitely looking at the draft a little different now going into that. Low on Gronk, which isn't surprising. You and I have talked about it, you know, in our text and when we're on the year. Not high on Gronk this year. We'll see what happens. They got three tight ends there who could be anywhere from really good to really bad. But absolute great guess. And next week – We'll be back. It'll be just us for the first time in a few weeks. So yeah, Guess if you enjoy just time. us, you'll enjoy next week's show. We'll be back with our AFC or NFC South preview, NFC West preview, our final previews before we finally have football, and the most exciting part of that is the return oh, of Ward's wages, oh. baby. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here tonight? No, man. Um, I think good. we had a good show. Y'all, have a good I night. enjoyed it. I hope you did. Thank you, everyone who joined in on Facebook with your questions. Thank you again, Chris Robbins. Check him out on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Remember, everyone, we're all humans. Be nice to each other. Don't be a D-bag. Good luck in your fantasy drafts. And as always, remember, this is the Full Coverage Football Show. I will plug some of our stuff before we get out of here. I almost forgot about that. We are live from 9 to 10-ish every week, Thursday. On our Facebook page, fb.me backslash FCFS pod. Audio versions posted Friday morning, Spotify, iHeart, Anchor, you name it, Google Pods. We are anywhere you listen to pods. We are anywhere you can watch stuff. We're on YouTube, and I usually tweet that out Friday morning as well. And you always get a great trailer for the or thumbnail for our YouTube video, which is usually me making a weird face. But enjoy it. Thank you for watching. And remember, as always, if you live the life you love, you'll love the life you live. Night, kids.